the only girl I ever dated. She and I met in Miss Plater's advanced placement English Lit class when I was a senior in high school. <laughs> Laura had long brown wavy hair, more freckles than you could count, and bright emerald green eyes with fiery splotches of an orangish brown in the center. She was creative, dramatic, and sensitive like me. <laughs> Laura came along at a time when I felt like I didn't have any friends because I was bullied in high school for being gay. But the truth of the matter was I wasn't attracted to boys. I also wasn't attracted to girls. My sole purpose in life was to go to school, get educated, and get the heck out of it. It was Laura's idea to start this journal between the two of us. It was a simple college rule three-subject notebook that we each took turns writing in, reading what the other had written, and writing some more. We shared stories, told anecdotes, and tried our hand at dramatic fiction, which was something akin to a daytime soap opera. <laughs> I may have ended up killing some of her characters in <laughs> So when I gathered up enough courage, I wrote her over the course of three pages, something innocuous about my day or something, but I emboldened certain words by writing over the letters again and again, so that when the letters were read as a unit, it read something like, Laura, I really like you. Will you go back with me? <laughs> Our first date was three days after I graduated. My only regret is that we didn't start dating sooner because the kids in school never got to see me walking in and hand down the hall with a girl. We dated for nearly three years, and in that time we talked about marriage and having kids, and we both agreed we were too young and dumb for any of that. <laughs> she came from a devoutly Catholic family, her mom was a teacher at the Catholic grade school. Her dad was a custodian at the school as well as at the church. And they lived in a simple bi-level home with her cat and her sister. Her sister was hardly ever home because she frequently stayed the night with her boyfriend. Her dad reminded me of an alternate universe Mr. Rogers. The kind of Mr. Rogers that tells dad jokes Her mother was a polar opposite. She was a short, squat woman with too much makeup and bright red hair from a bottle, permanent scowl on her face. She looked pain, either mentally or physically or both, and she hated me. I only knew this because Laura told me that her mom didn't think I was good enough to be dating her daughter because I wanted to be an actor and that wasn't a noble career choice. Whenever I stayed the night, we were relegated to the large family room in the basement and never Laura's bedroom for fear that a door that closed and locked would allow two teens in love to do something salacious. Little did they know that the constant threat of someone happening upon a scene as they made their way from the garage and into the basement didn't stop us. <laughs> the first time I ever climaxed was with Laura on the 
sofa bed in her parents' family room. It was amazing and beautiful and gross and disgusting because we were mostly clothed when it happened. <laughs> Thank you. 
that I had planted my demon seed in her father. She hated me for it. 20, 30 minutes after Laura first went into the bathroom, she came back out. We ran out to the car. She confessed that she had been scrubbing herself clean. On the way to Walmart, we didn't talk. We didn't even hold hands, and we always held hands in the car. I decided to man up, and I went into Walmart alone. The walk of shame trailing behind me. It turns out that buying condoms is not the most embarrassing thing that a person can buy from a sales clerk. So I made the purchase, went back out to the car, we promptly went to McDonald's, where she disappeared into the bathroom. Laura didn't become a mother that day. I didn't become a father. But we never had sex again. We continued to date, even though I moved away with my family a few times over. And the notebook was no longer convenient to write in. So we would handwrite letters, and then we would make our own envelopes. It was really crafty and cute. And then we talked on the phone every day, and then every other day, and then once a week. And then our last words on the phone were, I love you, and I love you. And we never called it quits, but I guess we both knew that it was over. And in the subsequent months, I did some soul searching. And I realized that I was really drawn to the well-built muscular men in underwear ads. And there was this guy at my new job who was out gay man, and he had apparently flirted me with me, but I didn't realize it, and so I was curious about that. But still, I love Laura. So I wrote her a letter just to see how she was doing, and I was surprised when three weeks later she wrote me back and detailed that she was dating somebody and that they were falling in love naturally. I was hurt. I was betrayed. I was upset. You don't date someone for nearly three years and have it feel forced. So I wrote her back out of anger and spite. My last line was, oh, by the way, the bullies were right. I think that gay. I never heard from Laura again. Fast forward 18 years and the magic of Facebook and a mutual friend reconnected us. Laura is married now to the same guy that she detailed in her letter. She has two kids, she's a great mom, has a great career, and she seems well-adjusted. I, on the other hand, had the same partner for 12 years. I had two dogs who were lucky if I remember to feed them. <laughs> and I am blessed that I do not have a child who would now be the same age Laura was and I was when we first met. Mm -hmm. Thank you.